streaming live right now, man, in the brand new, brand new, beautiful From the Jump Studios. It's your host, Addison, man. Welcome to episode 83 of From the Jump, man. These episodes keep growing. This podcast keeps growing. I want to first off the show, man, saying thank you to everybody that's been streaming the show, everybody that's been pressing play on the show, that's been resharing, reposting. I want to say thank you to everybody, man. Our, our numbers are going up every single time we drop, man, so I want to thank you. From the bottom of my heart, man, thank you for tapping in, man. It means a lot to us. You know, like I said, we're on 83 episodes. Uh, we haven't had a really a lot, a whole lot of guests on the show yet. Of course, we've had A1 Sports. He's been on the show a time or two, but we haven't really had a lot of guests to show. And of course, once we hit 100 episodes, I will then open it up. We'll have more guests on the show, but that's just a, a little secret between you and I. Shh, don't tell nobody. But man, it's a Tuesday. It's, it's, a, it's a great sports day. You know, we got a lot to talk about. Of course, we got breaking news, Ezekiel Elliott has publicly made his official statement that he will not be playing this season for the Dallas Cowboys if he does not get a new contract. And, you know, as I've been saying on this podcast for the past couple weeks, and we'll just hop straight in. Like I said, we'll talk about the Tom Brady contract extension with the Patriots, what it actually means for Tom Brady's future. Uh, We'll talk about the NBA all-decade list because it's foolishness. And I know Max Kellerman said some foolishness this morning on first take. So, again, we'll, we'll, we'll address all of that. And, of course, we'll talk about the NCAA rule change, a.k.a the Rich Paul rule that the NCAA will be implementing. But as I said, starting off today's show, we'll talk hop right on in. And is, is it about Ezekiel Elliott? But starting off today's show, let's talk about Ezekiel Elliott. Now, breaking news reporting from Josina Anderson says that the representatives for running back Ezekiel Elliott have told the Dallas Cowboys that he will not play during the 2019 season without a new contract. Now, the source also said that it is not likely that Ezekiel hold out Ezekiel, I'm sorry, it is not likely that Ezekiel Elliott's holdout is going to continue into the regular season based on the belief that Cowboys owner Jerry Jones wants to get a deal done before week one. Now, Ezekiel Elliott says that representatives have said that they informed the Dallas Cowboys in January that he would not play without a new contract. So as it stands right now, uh, you know, of course, Ezekiel Elliott is currently under contract with the Dallas Cowboys. He is set to make $3.8 million this year. And then next season, he's set to make $9 million. And as I've said on, on, on numerous times on this podcast, he plays a very violent position. And he also plays a position that diminishes over time. So with Ezekiel Elliott being one of the best running backs, leading the league in rushing yards, Pro Bowl two out of the three, I mean, all, I mean, the, the, the accolades and the, 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 the stats kind of back it up. And as I said, when you see Le'Veon Bell sit out and get a new deal with the New York Jets, and when you see Ty Gurley's deal with the Los Angeles Rams, and you see Devontae Freeman, and you see LaShawn McCoy, and you see Saquon Barkley at the moment, you see all these other guys making more money than you, and you have achieved more than those guys have. And even on his off year, he still, you know, ran for over that. So, Again, when you're Ezekiel Elliott right now, you understand your value and you understand if the Cowboys are really my team. Ultimately, if the Cowboys really want me, they're going to pay the contract before they have to pay Dak and ultimately before they got to pay Amari Cooper. And a lot of people go look at this situation and they call Ezekiel Elliott selfish. But I mean, ultimately, this is a numbers game. This is a business game. The owners do it. When they don't feel like the player has value for their franchise or for their system anymore, they get rid of them without any hesitation. And unlike basketball, where they'll draft a guy, they'll invest in him in two, three years because they see the potential in them. Football is more or less, what can you do for me today? What can you do for me right now? How valuable are you right now? Are you available, yes or no? If you're not available, then you're not valuable in the NFL on Sunday. Because that's when it matters the most is on Sunday. That's where the games are won and lost on Sunday. Throughout the week, it don't all the week. This net it don't matter on Sunday, on come Sunday game day, 
win or loss, and, and, and come week one, when the Dallas Cowboys take the field, Ezekiel Elliott has to be on that field. So these reports by Josina Anderson, I think at this at this moment, I think they're a little too late. I think Ezekiel Elliott should have, when the story first came out, maybe so a week or so ago, I think he should have been, just came out and said, look, I'm not playing this season without a new contract. And I think that was what the initial story was, just to see the Dallas Cowboys were kind of up the ante, if you will, trying to get the, 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 the contract talks really getting going. Because I don't think Ezekiel Elliott wants to be anywhere else. I don't think that's the report. I don't think that's what anybody is saying coming from his camp. But I think that at this moment right now, it's just a situation where he understands, look, I'm a running back. My, my, my value diminishes over time. And if you're the Dallas Cowboys, I understand you got to pay Dak and I understand you got to pay Amari Cooper. But I was here before Amari Cooper. You drafted me. You just got Amari Cooper. You can't pay the newcomer before you pay the guy that's been in the house before. So as I said right now, Ezekiel Elliott is kind of putting the Dallas Cowboys in a loyalty situation. So we'll see how this situation plays out. But as it stands right now, the Ezekiel Elliott and his camp are set to not play this entire season going into week one without a new contract. I mean, and again, and as I said on, on, on numerous podcasts, I mean, I, if, if you're Ezekiel Elliott, you got to sit out. I mean, you saw what Le'Veon Bell did. He set out. He ultimately got a new deal because we saw how important the running game was for the Pittsburgh Steelers. And again, they were able to supplement it with James Conner, but it still wasn't the same effect as Le'Veon Bell. And again, we'll be able to see this year ultimately what the Pittsburgh Steelers do without Le'Veon Bell. I mean, we were able to see a glimpse last season. But switching from... Ezekiel Elliott over to a contract that was actually extended, and that was Tom Brady's contract. Now, of course, Tom Brady coming off a Super Bowl win last year. Um, Ian Rappaport reports that Tom Brady uh, is signing a two-year deal worth $70 million through 2021. He's saying that he is getting a $23 million deal ultimately this year and then $30 million next year. And it says both sides are amendable to adjusting if the situation warrants. So ultimately, at this point in Tom Brady's career, he's signing a year-to-year deal. It also says that this new deal includes a provision that does not allow the New England Patriots to franchise or transition tag him for the 2020 season, which means that the final two years are automatically voided on the last day of the 2019 year, and Tom Brady cannot be franchise tagged. Which means, which very well means, that Tom Brady could be a free agent. Now, I know I kind of said a whole lot there, and I may have made sense, may have not made sense, but let me kind of simplify it in a nutshell. So basically what the New England Patriots did was they compromised with Tom Brady. They said, look, we're willing to give you an $8 million, basically a pay raise this season, and it kind of gave the, the New England Patriots more cap space, more flexibility, if you will. But it's also saying, Tom Brady, look, we love you. You're 42 years old, but you we, we'd be insane to to believe and to think that, you know, you're playing forever. At some point, you, you, you have to go. And we've seen this time and time again in the NFL. And I think Tom Brady's starting to realize the business side will slowly but surely supersede any type of celebrity, any type of accolades, any anything that you have done on the court at some point. The system overtakes you, and nobody is bigger than the system. At some point, Belichick's time will be up in New England, and New England will have a new head coach. But as we've seen in time and time again, the head coach typically outlasts the quarterback. And now in this case in point, the New England Patriots, for whatever reason, have made it work. We saw a couple years back, Bill Belichick tried to get rid of Tom Brady and ultimately tried to build a future with Jimmy Garoppolo. 
And then I think the Patriots told him, hell no, what are you doing? So then he trades Jimmy, <laughs> he trades Jimmy Garoppolo to the San Francisco 49ers. So it was at that moment is where I realized, well, who ultimately has the real power? Does the head coach and the front office have the real power or does Tom Brady have the real power? And oh, not the way, I'm sorry. And oh, by the way, Tom Brady and his wife, Giselle, have placed their, it's apparently their Brooklyn, Massachusetts, their Brookline, Massachusetts home on the market, which ultimately means that Tom Brady is preparing himself for life after New England, just in case. If the New England Patriots decide that, eh, we want to move forward. Or Tom Brady decides that, eh, I want to move forward. And again, this could very well be Tom Brady's last season in the NFL. He's 42 years old. When I look at this team, and when I still look at that division, they're still one of the best teams in the division. They're still right now arguably one of the best teams in football. Nobody's going to talk about it. Everybody's talking about the, the Cleveland Browns. and with the, like, the Browns haven't done anything. They were 7-8-1 last year. So as it stands right now, Tom Brady... Still the best quarterback in the league. I know Patrick Mahomes gets love. I know Drew Brees. I know we want to put Wilson. Tom Brady, as it stands right now, still the best quarterback in the league. But the New England Patriots are also saying this. We don't know who you are going to be going for. We know you've been drinking green juice, and we know you've been taking future pills to keep yourself young and whatever Tom Brady has been doing to keep himself young and, and winning Super Bowls. The Patriots are like, we, we appreciate it. But don't play yourself, Tom. The system always prevails the player. And we've seen it in New England time and time again that New England bails on players once they feel like they're no longer valuable. Up next on From the Jump, we'll talk the NBA All-Decade list that the NBA.com people put out. Of course, it's always an issue. We'll talk about briefly the top 50 rap list because you already know some foolishness on there. And on today's edition of the wrap-up, we'll talk about the Rich Paul rule, a.k.a. the NCAA changing its requirements for players having agents. Listen up. It's From the Jump. Before we get into the NBA All-Decades list, because I know a lot of people were disgruntled that Kobe was on the third team, but we'll get into it here in a second. I got to talk about the top 50 greatest rappers of all time list. Now, of course, somebody, I don't know who, they didn't put a name on it, but they put out a list and they said in quotations, and I repeat in quotation, they put in order. Now, of course, I won't go through all 50 of them because, I mean, I think you've already seen the list. But at this point, you know, the top 10, Jay-Z, Nas, Joe Budden, Styles P, Black Thought, Fab, Jada Kiss, Biggie, Ghostface, and number 10 is Kendrick Lamar. So when I saw the list off the dribble, I already thought to myself, oh, this person is biased. This person's from New York, clearly. <laughs> this person's from New York, clearly. But then I thought to myself, okay, now they're trolling us because they put Joe Budden third. Or they really could very well believe that Joe Budden is a third rapper. But unlike the NBA.com, and as I said, we'll get into this one in a second. The top five, I'm sorry, not top five, top 50 is greatest rappers of all time list is really debatable. Because ultimately, unlike sports, you know, where guys are categorized statistically, music. I know, you know, nowadays with the streaming era, you know, we kind of look at numbers, that kind of deal. But music is music. And music is more preference than anything. So when I look at Joe Budden being third and Black Thought being fifth and Pusha T being 13th and Drake being 23rd and 50 Cent being 48th, this person could very well may not have listened to Mace, which is why he ranked them 41, or may not necessarily listen to 50 Cent. That's why he ranked them 48th or really didn't grow up on Lloyd Banks, right? So we don't know who made this list, what, you know, Era they're coming from. I mean, again, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a 2000s kid. I was born in 94. 
So that was kind of like Pac and all them guys. But I didn't really get into them until I got a little bit older to like like nine, ten, like that part. But prior to, you know, I can't really count those guys. So anybody on this list that was born in prior to 94, that was rapping basically right before 94, I can't really consider them in my top 10. Now, my top 10, no specific order. I'm going to go off the top. I'm going to go Drake number one. I'm going to go J. Cole number two. I'm going to go Kendrick third. And the only reason why I'm going to go Drake, J. Cole, and Kendrick, just because of the fact that in different points of my life, those rappers or artists, if you will. Because nowadays, you know, guys is rapping, singing. They're doing multiple things on tracks nowadays. Or were pivotal in my life in different moments. I thought I was going to tear up there for a second. <laughs> of course, I'm going to put Wale in there. I'm going to put Nipsey in there. Uh, of course, I'm going to put Jay-Z in there. Got to put him in there. I'm going to personally put, and this is me personally, I'm going to put Ludacris in there. I know a lot of people may disagree with me, but I'm from the South. I'm, I mean, I'm from that that when the trap era first started with, with Jeezy, with Ludacris, T.I. Oh, of course, Ludacris not a trap rapper, but that whole sound, if you will, that Southern hospitality sound. I come from that era. So, you know, me, my, my, my list is going to look a little bit different. And I, and, I, and I think the beauty about it was it, it got people talking. It got people talking for sure. Of course, you know, you had Snoop Dogg, 34. I mean, Snoop Dogg kind of revolutionized the game. Snoop Dogg, to me, is like the Magic Johnson of rap. Like, Snoop Dogg will forever be that celebrity pop culture icon, just like Magic Johnson is pop culture icon. I think Tupac is Michael Jordan. I'm not even going to lie to you. I think Tupac is Michael Jordan. I think no matter what you say, no matter what you do, I think Tupac will forever be the greatest rapper of all time. It's just bottom line. The, the iconicism, just like Jordan, the iconicism, the the, the man worship, it's, it's just no way around that Tupac is number one. And again, for me, Tupac, you know, on the old heads, if I was going to do like a big, big list, to me, Tupac is, is, is right at the top. But switching gears from the top 50 is greatest rappers of all time, because like I said, I just want to kind of briefly talk about it, you know, just to kind of just touch on it to the NBA All-Decade team. Now... What the NBA.com writers did was they kind of put out in quotations. They said that this is in the editor's note. This is not an official honor bestowed by the NBA, which means that these are not the opinions from the NBA. The NBA themselves did not put this list out. These are just simply the opinions of those who cover and follow the league on a daily basis, which means little editors that be retweeting your stuff on Twitter, them guys, this is their opinions. But for the large part, it probably is. Some of the NBA, the NBA probably did some polling, some different things. So, you know, you know how the NBA does. And these, they said that the stats and accolades included are from the 2009-10 season to the 2018-19 season only. So they're not saying holistically their whole career, which a lot of people were getting caught up on. They're not saying what they did prior to. They're just saying from the 2009-10 season through, through this past season, which just ended. This is how they were able to rank the guys. And I didn't really have a fuss. I really think the NBA all-first team, I think, is about as accurate as you can go. I think we all can agree LeBron James, for the past 10 years, or since he's been in the league, has been the best player. Um, But I think for the past 10 years, of course, has been the most player, most iconic celebrity. LeBron James has been number one. Um, I think Steph Curry with three rings, of course, one with... Out Durant, two with Durant, um, I think kind of cemented himself as the best point guard of, I think, this decade, but I think of this generation, just simply because of the fact that he was able to revolutionize the game. Um, we're seeing nowadays more than ever kids shooting threes at, at high volumes. 
Um, you know, when you step on a basketball court, first thing you kind of want to do is, of course, you're going to want to do the little run and layup. You know how we always do the little run and layup thing, whatever we do, stand around. But you go shoot threes. Kevin Durant being on the first team, the, in my honest opinion, the best scorer of the decade, in my honest opinion, the best player of this decade. But sometimes number two isn't number one. And again, I think for me, I think he had to make that move to go to say, I know a lot of people were going to say, oh, well, he could have stayed in Oklahoma City and kept averaging 28 and getting to the Western Conference Finals and losing. Yeah, he could have. And we would all look back and say, well, damn, I wish Kevin Durant would have got a ring, man. Or, man, when he was a free agent, he should have left. And he did. And that's exactly what he did. He got two rings, two finals MVPs to go along with them, of course, and MVP as well to go along with his name. So I think he cemented himself, and I don't think it was close. And when you look at the other two players on that NBA All-Decade first team, James Harden and Kawhi Leonard, coming from Oklahoma City, a team in which it was coming off a championship, was supposed to re-up on James Harden, didn't, opted to trade him. And I'll never forget for Kevin Martin, for some, it was, it was, I mean, that whole trade was just bad. I remember we literally were like, yo, why didn't the Thunder just pay that? But we saw James Harden kind of go to Houston, get traded to Houston and kind of transform into a monster ever since. Now, James Harden has been subpar in the playoffs as well. But again, I won't hold that against some other parts, other pieces, coaching. It's a lot of the things that have been happening. Daryl Morey has kind of been in the way a little bit. So there have been a lot of other things that have kind of affected James Harden. Um, as well. But again, as I said, going from six winning six men of the year to MVP, I don't think that one is really debatable. And then again, with Kawhi Leonard, Kawhi Leonard kind of quietly, literally quietly, quietly, I don't know if you caught that, cemented himself as one of the best players, I think, in the past 10 years. Coming from that San Antonio system, I know we're going to all argue back in 2014 that, you know, maybe Tim Duncan should have got the finals MVP. I think had he makes <laughs> that layup, I don't think we're at this point with LeBron James as being the best player. I don't even think we're at this point with the Golden State Warriors. I think we have a new dynasty, and that's the San Antonio Spurs. He kind of cemented himself coming off San Antonio, realized his worth, quietly got out of there, was traded to Toronto, won a championship, somehow, some way, kind of weirdly altered NBA history, fate, if you will, because it was set up for the Warriors to win the next four to five championships. But as we've seen, Health and longevity ultimately outlast anything that's on paper or anything that could potentially be good. But now when I look at the NBA All-Decade second team, which consists of Chris Paul, Russell Westbrook, Anthony Davis, Blake Griffin, and Carmelo Anthony, I think this group will be remembered for their postseason woes. I think, like I said, Chris Paul, the accolades are there. Seven-time All-Star, six-time NBA All-NBA, 18 points per game, four rebounds, nine assists. I mean, again, him and Blake Griffin – at times, we're, we're competing in the Western Conference for a championship. They were a team that blew a 3-1 lead against the Houston Rockets. Again, it wasn't in the, the Western you know, Conference you know, semis or the Western Conference finals. But again, they blew a 3-1 lead to the Houston Rockets that nobody ever talks about. Which, again, nobody ever talks about. I remember Josh Smith went crazy. I'm talking about went crazy. But again, that's another conversation for another day. Again, Anthony Davis has been stuck in New Orleans has been one of the best big men, best one of the best front court players, uh, six-time NBA All-Star. His average 23 points, 10 rebounds. So, again, with the Lakers, Los Angeles Lakers this season, we'll see what he does. Um, but, you know, all these guys, I think, will be remembered for not being able to have success in the playoffs. Again, Carmelo Anthony, another one who was 
on first take the other day, which I, I didn't have a problem with. I didn't have a problem with Carmelo Anthony being on first take, ultimately vying for a job, basically saying, hey, look, I want to hoop. Now, he didn't publicly come out and say, I'll play anywhere. I'll play for any team. I don't care what my role is. He kind of just said, you know, I still want to play. There's a couple teams we've been talking to. So basically, he kind of put it like the ball is still in his court. But by him being on the NBA All-Second team, I think is, is accurate. I think that Carmelo Anthony, you know, we all can agree has been one of the best scorers of this generation. But I think we'll always get criticized for his inability to be able to pass the basketball and ultimately his inability to be able to commit defensively and to commit two different roles on teams other than scoring. I know he was on first take and he talked about how he was willing to change his role, but, you know, you know, actions say a lot louder than words. And, you know, what we saw for the past couple of seasons with Carmelo Anthony, you know, wasn't the same, you know, as he was saying on, on first take. And ultimately, you know, Blake Griffin. But we saw Blake Griffin kind of revitalize his career, moving from the Los Angeles Clippers to the Detroit Pistons. Again, you know, multiple all-star appearances, all-NBA um, I believe Blake Griffin has a gold medal, if I'm not mistaken. So Blake Griffin actually is an accomplished NBA player. Won a dunk contest, which he dunked over a Kia. I never forget that. It was a Kia Optima. I never forget that he dunked over the the, the, the Kia Optima. Um, so again, I, I mean, I don't have a, a problem with the, the NBA second team. And of course, looking at the all-decade third team, which consists of Giannis, uh, Paul George, Kobe Bryant, Dwayne Wade, and LaMarcus Aldridge. Again, a lot of people are going to look at that list and say, how could you put Kobe on the NBA all-third team? Again, we all know Kobe Bryant was five championships. We all know the finals MVPs. We know the accolades. We know them, right? Seven all-star appearances, four all-NBAs, average 24, five. We get it. Basically, who Paul George is trying to be. But I think at this point, and when we look at the list, and Dwayne Wade is also on that list, I think it's appropriate. When we look back at those Miami years, we're going to look back as LeBron James led the way. Dwayne Wade followed suit for sure. And, of course, Dwayne Wade's accolades will always supersede him. But as I said, he will always have the asterisk by his name just simply because of the fact that, you know, people go say LeBron James won those championships. Giannis kind of thrusted himself into this conversation simply off of the fact of his raw potential. And ultimately, he just won an MVP this past season, which kind of made him and kind of thrusted him, you know, behind the guys like the Carmelo Anthony's and the Blake Griffin's, because we can't put Giannis in that second tier. Not yet. Giannis hasn't proved it yet. Giannis has had a couple of good seasons, but Giannis hasn't carried the Bucks to an NBA Finals. Giannis hasn't won a gold medal for his country. So there's a lot of things that Giannis still has to accomplish. But again, when we look at this list totality-wise, I don't have an issue with the list. Again, these are coming from editors and writers that kind of just said basically for the past 10 years, these are basically the three teams that we could kind of come up with. And I get it. The first two teams are star-driven, basically the, who have been the best players for the past 10 seasons, and it's been LeBron, Steph, Kevin Durant. We can argue. We can put Kobe and we can put D-Wade in there, but for the past 10 seasons, for the past five, it's been James Harden. And arguably for the past five seasons, it's also been quietly Kawhi Leonard. The NCAA released a memo stating that all agents that want to represent players that want to enter the NBA draft must be NCAA certified. Now, through this NCAA certification, it's requiring that the agent must be have a bachelor's degree, which means that he had to have went to college for four years. It's also stating that he must be MBPA certified for at least three years. He must have his own liability insurance, and he must also take an exam through the NCAA at 
the office in Indianapolis. Now, we all can agree at this point, this is the NBA, I'm sorry, not the NBA, this is the NCAA's way of fighting back against the LeVar Balls, against the Uncle Dennis's, against the Rich Pauls, and against anybody else that is against the establishment that is the NCAA. Now, I agree. If you're going to allow players to have agents, I think they must have some type of certification. Because as the NCAA says, if you're going to come through our league, if you're going to come through our way, you're going to do it our way. And I do believe that a lot of kids do enter their name into the draft. And everybody isn't going to be a Zion Williamson. Everybody isn't going to be an R.J. Barrett. Everybody isn't going to be a Jaron Jackson. Everybody isn't going to be a Kevin Durant or LeBron James. So a lot of kids do enter their name and they do want to come back. And I agree that if you want to come back, you must be NCAA certified because now you're basically coming back to the organization. So if you're coming back to the organization, you got to play by their rules. Now, the reason why I disagree ultimately with this whole sentiment is because of the fact that it's a little too late. Everybody that wants to make money off of the NCAA has already made their money. The NCAA is a non-for-profit, so they're always going to be making money. The coaches are always going to be able to make money because they'll be able to move different jobs, of course, based upon wins, which ultimately comes off the backs of the kids. But at this point in time right now, the Calipari's, the, the Coach K's, they've already made their money. They've already got their championship. They've already won their games. The, the kids that, that ultimately were moving and shaking wrong, they've already made their money off the NCAA. So the NCAA now doing this, which is a little too late because at some point they're going to change the rule. The NBA is going to allow the kids to come out of high school. The NBA has said they, the kids must go to college for one year. Once the NBA decides that they want to allow the kids to come out of high school, it's game over for the NCAA. So the NCAA right now is just trying to use all the leverage it possibly can before that rule is changed, probably within the next two or three years, because it realizes that these kids are superstars coming into the NCAA. And the NCAA is only just saying, you know what? We're going to make sure that we cross all our T's and dot all our I's so that way we don't have a Rich Paul and we don't have a LeVar Ball trying to fight back against the system. Because again, the NCAA wants to keep all the money in the NCAA. <laughs> That's the bottom line. It, doesn't, it ain't interested in sharing with Rich Paul. And they ain't interested in sharing with LeVar Ball, making your own big baller brand shoes. So again, when we look back at this rule, will this be the Rich Paul rule? Some will say. Will this be the LeVar Ball rule? Some will say. But I think what this is the NCAA doing is saying, hey, look, we'll allow you to have an agent, but please be clear. Along with that agent, he must be NCAA certified. We ain't just allowing uncles and brothers and ex-boyfriends, cousins to represent you anymore. If you want to be represented through the NCAA way, he's going to have to be NCAA certified. But as I said, man, we talked about a lot on this show, starting off, we talked about Ezekiel Elliott's contract, talked about the top 50 rappers, talked about the NBA all-decade list. We are streaming now currently on all platforms, we're on Spotify, and we're exclusively on Apple Podcasts. Definitely tap in with us. More episodes on the way, but it's your boy. We out.